Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Congratulations, true crime addicts. We have survived another week. It is Friday, June 3rd, 2022. And these are the top true crime stories from around the world. You're welcome. Brought to you by me, James Renner. Ding. Hey, uh, I'm noticing that I am gaining listeners by hook or by crook every week. And thank you very much for subscribing to this podcast. Uh, let's see if we can make this exponential. Let's jump up. Uh, if you could, if you like this podcast, if you like the cut of my jib, uh, please tell a friend about it. Somebody else that likes podcasts, bring them on board. Make them a true crime addict. We can all hang out. And I can continue doing this. So thank you very much. Uh, please tell somebody about it. These are the top true crime stories uh, right off the bat. And there is little doubt what the top true crime story in the world was this past week. And unfortunately, it is not Uvalde, which has dropped already, even though that tragedy happened just a week ago. Although, there is a groundswell of support for gun legislation, thankfully, happening. We'll see more of that soon, hopefully. But the top true crime story this week was undoubtedly Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard. In court, their mutual defamation trial wrapped up this week, and the jury awarded Johnny Depp $15 million, 15 million clams, saying that Amber Heard, yes, indeed, did defame him. Amber Heard got $2 million for comments made by Depp's attorney. They, uh, Amber Heard had alleged domestic abuse. Johnny Depp said, no, didn't happen. And then for, like, was it, what, like a month? Several weeks, this this case has been going on with live streaming of the testimony of everybody involved. Johnny Depp, Amber Heard, 
People were turning it into memes. It got crazy. It's kind of the 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 bad side of true crime, and we're going to get to some of that in just a second. Uh, but the the trial went on for weeks, and it, we got treated to little kernels of knowledge that we should not have ever heard. Uh, Amber Heard allegedly pooping on Johnny Depp's bed. Uh, Amber Heard alleging jars of cocaine. I, you know, jars of cocaine. That's that's you know, and he did admit to taking some of it and got into the idea of not having enough dopamine. And it was it was very interesting. But, uh, you know, there was also that moment where Amber Heard's friend, who was a journalist of some note, uh, is, I would say, once you're a journalist, you're always a journalist. Maybe she's not a reporter at the moment, but she was kicked out of court for tweeting about it in catty ways online. The whole thing was a mess. But uh, it looks like Johnny Depp has come out the the victor in this and may get his uh, may get his career going again. Everybody though is weighing in as if they as if we care about their opinion. I I know you probably don't care about my opinion. I don't know that I have a direct opinion about this, other than the ancillary way that I've worked with Johnny Depp's production company in the past, and they were they were great. They were great to me. That's the very... What else do I know? I don't know anything. But Monica Lewinsky wrote a piece for Vanity Fair this week. Of course, Monica Lewinsky, for those youngins out there who may not know this, she was working at the White House back back when Bill Clinton was president and had an affair with the president and was found out there was this public shaming that went on somehow she's survived that and and gone on to a great career and has thrived and she's i don't know many people could have survived the attention that that brought her but she's she weighs in on these things and she called what we experienced with the Depp Heard trial she called it courtroom porn and that's pretty much what it is i think and she warns us about the dangers of consuming too much of this Here's a quote from her article that I found very uh, prescient, uh, very um, on the nose here. Uh, what, what we have, quote, what we have now arguably is a cultural miasma. We are drenched in the taint of the dirt and aggression of the social media wars. The obsessive chatter around the Depp Heard trial is just one small example of the ever-expanding, ever-demanding search for schadenfreude and titillation, no matter whom the jury's verdict favors, be it defendant, heard, or plaintiff, Depp, we are all guilty. That's a good point. As consumers, we don't have to. The only reason it's out there is we're feeding into it. We don't have to. If we all just turned it off, they wouldn't be airing this. They wouldn't be publicizing this. Uh, There is more and more a rallying cry from people involved in these cases to change public discourse. And some people are fighting to get rid of the freedoms that we that we have right now because of the First Amendment. When the, when the First Amendment was drafted, nobody 
was thinking of Twitter or Facebook and the trolls that come with it. Sarah Turney, who is the daughter of Michael Turney, who is uh, awaiting trial for the murder of his stepdaughter, Alyssa. If you're into true crime, you kind of know who she is, but she's been tweeting out, change is coming. And there are other victims of crime rallying together to change how true crime is covered in podcasting and online. And this is good. This is something needs to be done. Because some of some of these people on online are directly attacking uh, the the families, the people involved in these things, and saying that the you know when you have the anonymity of the internet, you can say some terrible, terrible things. But the flip side is, some of these people involved in the cases are attacking them and content creators just as viciously as these other people are attacking these real cases. I'm reminded, I try to, you, something needs to change, of course, but I'm reminded of that famous quote from Gandhi who said, be the change you wish to see in the world. I don't think you change this with hate, with attacking other people. I think you change it by setting an, a better example, by doing things like this. I had this idea a couple years ago. This is something that can help uh, the way that true crime is covered. There's no reason we need let's let's take a, a case for example Uvalde. Uvalde what happened in Uvalde Texas there's no reason we should have a hundred different news stations clamoring for coverage bothering the victims and their families we need that news it's important news to share but we don't need a hundred different journalists down there trying to get it and trying to one up each other in cases like that big tragedies like that what I'd like to see is for them to pool their resources, even the competitors. You know, local stations, you've got the, you know, ABC and NBC and CBS. They're always fighting and trying to get each other in sweeps. But not for stuff like that. For stuff like that, you share a reporter. You get one reporter instead of three. One reporter instead of a dozen or a hundred. Have them go cover the case, nice and quietly. And then you share that report across the board. Nobody worries about ratings. Nobody worries about commercials and making money off the commercials. We stop acting like capitalists at that moment and start acting like compassionate humans. And that's one way you change it that that you you do in a good way without, without attacking people. Um, the rap... This is, you know, the the online website, as opposed to the offline website, I guess. The the website, The Wrap, makes a point. Uh, they makes note of the social profiles of both Depp and Heard, which is illuminating, but also maybe not something we should be covering to give more attention to it. But here's a quote from the article that ran in The Wrap. Sadly, Heard's humiliation didn't stop after the verdict. In fact, in one way, it got worse. Depp's victory lap on Instagram has so far picked up 16 million likes. Heard's post, which begins with the disappointment I feel today is beyond words, her post has only been liked by 290,000 people. There's so much about that that's wrong. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, the the Hollywood trade magazines are saying... Johnny Depp's career can't recover. They're weighing in on this. That's totally not true. 
uh, I guarantee you he'll be in a movie in the next 12, 12 months. You know, by this time next year, he'll be in another movie. Um, I, I, from what I've heard, it's rumored that he's already been cast in the new Burton film, which is uh, the sequel to Beetlejuice. So Hollywood loves a good comeback. I'm sure he'll be, we'll, we're going to see him back as Captain Jack Sparrow, I'm sure. And, and Heard herself, I, I think she'll be back too. I think this all plays out. Eventually, people will allow them to come back. And, you know, I, I think both of them ultimately will be fine. Moving on. Whew. The race for top lawman in Utah County, Utah, has devolved into allegations of cannibalism and ritual sex abuse, according to the Salt Lake Tribune. What? What the hell is going on there? What are you Mormons up to? A guy named David Levitt is running for re-election as, as the county attorney out there, the top lawman. He's running against a challenger named Jeff Gray. Now, here's a little inside baseball. Jeff Gray has been endorsed by the county sheriff, Mike Smith. Now, the prosecutor, the county prosecutor and the county sheriff are supposed to work very well together. They're supposed to be in lockstep because the prosecutor you know the the sheriff is the one that investigates the crimes and brings them to the prosecutor the prosecutor then prosecutes it it's supposed to work together but here they've split and the sheriff hates the prosecutor and now the sheriff is backing Jeff Gray this election is pretty much just days away the ballots are being mailed out the sheriff, Mike Smith, announced on Tuesday of this week that his office was investigating a ritualized child sex abuse cult with alleged cannibalism, crimes that occurred in the county between 1990 and 2010, and he's asking publicly for other victims to come forward. Both David Levitt, the prosecutor, and his wife are named in that report. Now, Okay, let me, here's the rest of the story. David Levitt is saying the woman who brought these accusations against him has a history of mental illness. It was investigated like a decade or two ago and found to be absolutely ridiculous, just like all of these other cases of satanic ritual abuse. This was a big deal in like the 90s, late 80s, early 90s. Everybody was afraid of Dungeons and Dragons. And there were these reports, especially there were a couple big cases out of Ohio where somebody came forward. They're like, hey, this preschool is a secret sex cult, Satanist thing, and they're killing and eating babies and doing all, you know, and hurting our kids. And people were arrested over this like mass hysteria thing that was going on. It's obviously what this is. The sheriff is using his position to make it seem like something legit of course there's no cannibalism and ritual sex abuse out there um if you're watching the new season of stranger things it kind of fits in there in a weird way so we go round and round again that's how it goes levitt is calling for smith to resign spoiler alert he's not going to resign the associated press reported just yesterday on a string of frightening needle attacks at nightclubs in and around Paris. This is a bizarre story. More than 300 people have reported in recent months that they were stabbed with needles 
at nightclubs or concerts in and around Paris, greater greater Paris and, and, and that region of France. Nobody knows who's doing this or why. And this young man was interviewed, 18-year-old man, who attended a rap concert. He came home and felt dizzy, had a weird headache that wouldn't go away the next morning, so he went to the doctor. And uh, the doctor said, look, you got to go to the ER. It looks like you have a puncture on your arm. And there's this bruise on his arm right where the puncture mark is. So he went to the ER and the medics there confirmed, yeah, you've been you've been pricked. You know, you got a that that was a needle. So they tested him for all sorts of things, HIV, hepatitis, everything came back ne- negative. So what made him ill? What, what did what was he injected with? Was he injected with something? Now, now that this has been reported, people from all over France are reporting the same thing that they they found evidence that they were pricked by a needle. But some of these are coming from hundreds of miles away from Paris, and they said it happened in places like fast food restaurants. So I think this is one of those cases where you had a handful of people that were really, that really experienced this, but this totally has the feel of mass hysteria. This is like the second mass hysteria story we've had this week, right? What is going on? The world's crazy right now. It's got to be, right? Like, there's nobody out there stabbing thousands of people without getting caught in France. But surely something started that off. So just to, just be careful. If you're out there partying by the Seine, you know, just make sure you know who you're with. We'll be right back with cold case updates, and I have a ridiculous genetic genealogy story to tell you about that could change... The world of genetic genealogy. Stick with me. I'll be right back in two and two. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And welcome back to 227 starring Marla Gibbs. Hey, uh, I just want to say something here. Before we dive into cold case updates, I want to tell you about something. I start my work in the morning. I do a lot of my writing in the morning after dropping the kids off at school. It's a bit of a chore sometimes to get the cogs in my mind turning fast enough. It usually takes a strong cup of uh, coffee, strong cup of joe, to wake me up. But for the last few days, I've tried this little potion called Magic Mind. It's a mix of nootropics and adaptogens like lion's mane and cordyceps mushrooms for clarity of mind. I was hesitant to believe it could help, but I'll tell you. It boosts my energy level and focus faster than coffee. It's less of a struggle for me to get started in the morning. I'm, I'm getting really into mushrooms lately. You know, there's that whole push. There's the mycelium network thing happening. Anyways, if, you're, if you want to try it, this is a legal way to do it. And uh, if you're interested in diving in, like me, into this mushroom revolution, give it a try. Let me know how it works for you. Shoot Uncle James an email. You can order your own Magic Mind drinks at magicmind.co, magicmind.co, backslash Crime Week. Use my discount code Crime Week 20 for a 20% discount on a single purchase or 40% on a subscription. Here's your cold case update. Police increased have increased the reward for information in the bizarre death of Shannon McCormick. There's now a $1 million reward. This doesn't happen too often. This better chances, by the way, than your lottery. $1 million to solve this crime as of Thursday. This mystery starts back May 27, 2007. Now, Shannon McCormick is a 20, was a 22-year-old young man living that day. He was leaving a nightclub in South Bank, Australia. That's uh, in Victoria, Victoria, Australia. He was with a group of friends leaving a nightclub. One of his friends got into an argument with some stranger. Shannon tried to break it up. Now, in the process, one of these other guys sucker punched him in the head. Then he fell to the ground and hit his head again. He died a week later from injuries that he sustained in that sucker punch in the fall. It is what they call a one-punch death. Not as rare as you would think. So try to keep your anger in check while you're out and about. And sometimes, men, you, you feel like you have to resort to physical violence, but one punch can change lives forever. Please don't do it. Police have released security footage of three men from that night who were in that other group, including the guy that through the punch. Now, they're on camera, but they have yet to be identified. So please, especially if you're from that region of Australia or know somebody who is, go online and check out that video. There's a link at the end of this podcast as well. See if you can figure out who these people were. They're, you know, it's, it's pretty clear video. You can see the shirts that they're wearing. Go check it out. I got to tell you about this case that has to do with genetic genealogy. It's a case that 
might fuck up genetic genealogy for the future, for these real criminal cases that people are trying to solve. Here's what I was waiting for this to happen. I knew it was going to happen, and, and it did. Here, here's, here's, it. here's what happened. A fetus was found at the Natchez Wastewater Treatment Plant in Mississippi earlier this week. This is according to the Natchez uh, newspaper called The Democrat. Adams County Coroner James Lee was called out to retrieve this human fetus from the drainage system out there. Here's a quote from County Coroner James Lee. Quote, Upon my arrival, I noticed a fetus that appeared to be 16 weeks gestational age laying in the sewage. Right away, that struck me as odd. 16 weeks. So specific. Why 16? Well, because Mississippi's abortion ban begins after 15 weeks. You would not be able to prosecute this as a crime if it happened one week before. He might have, it's, so of course he went with six. He knew in his mind, right? I mean, is it political or did he just say that? Did it really look 16 weeks? Well, here's the other quote by Coroner James Lee. Quote, my heart is broken. I pray for the people who disposed of this child the way they did. And he sent it off for DNA testing. That is not what we use genetic genealogy for. We do not politicize it. It is not about being a Democrat or a Republican. It is not about abortion laws. It's not about Roe v. Wade. It's about, hopefully, catching criminals. And not all criminals. Why? Because of the Fourth Amendment. We do not want to do unreasonable searches and seizures. We do not want to give away our freedoms, but we're willing to give away just a little bit to catch the really bad guys. That's murders and rapes, nothing else. That is the gentleman's agreement because genetic genealogy is totally, almost completely, outside of Maryland anyways, unregulated at this point. This sort of thing is going to fuck it up for everybody. Um, they even admitted in this article that this may have been a miscarriage. Uh, I don't think there's anything more to say about that. This is a ticking time bomb. And I believe you're going to see more about this story in weeks to come. So check it out. The Porchlight Project, which is the nonprofit here in Ohio that I help out with. We raise money for new DNA testing and genetic genealogy for Ohio cold cases. We have decided to take on the Nancy Eagleson case it's a very interesting case. There's a great write-up on the website Uncovered, which is a, essentially a database of unsolved mysteries. Go check it out, uncovered.com. We're taking on the Nancy Eagleson case. Here's the story. Uh, this begins November 13, 1960 in Paulding, Ohio. I went out there last week. I'd never been to Paulding. It's northwest, uh, not so far from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, it's beautiful. It's God's country out there, as they call it. It's lots of fields, very flat. But Paulding itself has this old town square that hasn't changed a lick since probably, well, since 1960 at least, probably since 1930s. 
and it's very quaint. It's a nice place to raise a family. But back in November 13, 1960, 14-year-old Nancy Eagleson went to see a movie with her sister Cheryl. Then they ended up going to a diner for a little bit, all in the town square. And then they visited their father at a bowling alley and then walked home. And, and that was about a mile, maybe less than a mile walk. And as they're walking home, it's it's getting dark. And a man pulls by in a car says, hey, do you need a ride home? And Nancy, you know, waves him off. And then he turns around and he abducts Nancy in front of Cheryl. Cheryl was her younger sister. She was very young at the time. Cheryl ran to a, a neighbor's home and they called the police, but Nancy was long gone. They found her body, though, early the next morning. She was found, she had been sexually assaulted and shot. The method of uh, death was um, gunshot wound to the face. Her body was found on the lover's lane. So you had to, in, in this part, like a weird, it was probably a couple miles from her home, this weird part of nowhere where there's this lane that the kids would go to neck and she was found back there. So it has to be somebody local, right? So the sad thing in this case is, and the police I've met, and they're, they're great people, they're good people too. But over the years, all the evidence in this case has been lost, all of it. At one time they had semen, they had samples of her clothing, it's, it's all gone. I mean, we're talking 1960 here. Uh, so they're, the only path that they have to close this case is to exhume Nancy Eagleson and hope that they can find some remains still with her um, because he had left a lot of DNA on her body. So that's the hope. So we're, we're hoping to raise funds to exhume uh, Nancy and to do a proper autopsy and hopefully find the evidence to find her killer after all these years. So, uh, you know, if if you can, check out porchlightonline.org. That you can do an online donation, five, ten dollars, all that really helps. We're about halfway to our goal already, but um, hope hope to get there this year. Little kind of weird bit of news here. So looking back, I remember my third birthday. It was March 30th, 1981. That's a that's a date that is historic. I remember coming back from like preschool or something. I remember coming home and my father I was living with my grandparents at the time and my father was 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 there too. Uh, they had my parents had divorced very recently and um I had come back and they were sitting there with like a present and a, a birthday cake but everybody was in like a somber mood and they told me that the president had been shot this is president reagan and at the time i remember thinking i got wrapped up in my mind that ronald mcdonald was the president because they had the same i thought you know ronald mcdonald ronald reagan it got mixed up in my head so i was very upset that Ronald McDonald had gotten shot because they loved Chicken McNuggets. I digress. So, <laughs> uh, but this, so here's what's going on. John Hinckley, 
the guy that shot Reagan and he, to impress Jodie Foster, he went to psychiatric care. He was he's been there ever since. He'll be fully released June fifteenth, um, just like two weeks from now. He'll be free again completely. He's been living with his family under very strict conditions for a couple of years, according to People magazine. But uh, they finally proved his full and complete release. He'll be able to do whatever he wants to do. He was 25 years old when he shot President Reagan. He's 67 years old now. The judge in his case said, quote, It took us a long time to get here. This is the time to let John Hinckley move on with his life, and so we will. He was, he was found not guilty by reason of insanity back there. Here's the question. What do you do from here? He gets out. Completely, he's 67 years old. What do you do? Start a podcast, maybe? That'd be interesting. And listen to that one. Moving on to pop culture, I, I got to talk about this again. The My favorite podcast right now is Beastmaster, about this wild guy named Sam Mazzola, who is from Ohio, and he had, he's kind of like the Tiger King, but with bears. He had a couple tigers, too. But he had all these bears on his property, and he used to take them into town where people would wrestle with the bears at nightclubs in Akron. I listened, I finally listened to the first episode of Beastmaster. It's on Audible, by the way. You go to audible.com to find Beastmaster. I listened to it for the first time on that road trip to Paulding, Ohio, for Nancy's case last week. It is very, very good. If you like cereal, you like this. It's that same, you know, short little quick chapters and nice music gets you in the mood uh and there's this really cool build-up that first episode is all about the journalist who's involved in this my, my buddy jamie fullerton who comes to akron as a as a young man this you know starts off about almost 20 years ago and he wrestles this bear and he talks about meeting sam Azola and how weird the whole thing was and it ends that first episode ends and gives you a little teases about what's coming next and we're talking death possible murder possible um suicide uh, it gets dark but it's fascinating fascinating character check it out beastmaster let's go to the charts real quick on chartable.com that logs the top true crime podcasts for the moment the top 10 is pretty much the solid top 10 you've got uh ashley flowers and crime junkie at the top you've got uh, my favorite murder at number three. All, all the all the regulars are up there. Let's jump down a little bit. There's some interesting new podcasts that I have not heard of. Here's uh, here's in at number twenty six. So new podcast called Tenfold More Wicked. Here's the write up. Take a gruesome trip through history with chilling campfire stories of true crime. It's a unique blend of narrative nonfiction storytelling an investigative journalism, a deep dive into the lives of victims and killers. I do like good campfire story. At number 31 is a podcast called Disgraceland. Disgraceland is a music and true crime podcast that tells the jaw-dropping stories of musicians behaving very badly, and some even getting away with murder. Disgraceland dives into the unbelievable histories of the world's most famous musical artists, Jerry Lee Lewis committing murder? Guns N' Roses inciting a riot? Jay-Z's nightclub stabbing? Cardi B's admitted robberies? Taylor Swift's many stalkers? 
host Jake Brennan gets into all this and more. That at least sounds different. Sounds cool. So check it out. And that is the true crime scuttlebutt for the week. And we found ourselves at Friday again. And it's always a pleasure to celebrate this with you. And in the words of the incomparable Murray Saul, the godfather of Cleveland Radio, we got to, 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 get down, damn it. True Crime This Week is a Fearful Symmetry production. Our theme music is Trash Town Boogie by Mr. Smith, used under a Creative Commons license for use in this show. All sources are listed in the liner notes at the end of this episode. If you like the cut of my jib, please check out my other podcast, Philosophy of Crime. Unless quoted directly from a source, all content should be considered the opinion of the host. That's me, James Renner. See you next week.